Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And And this this is is DBT and Me. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. So, before we launch into what we're doing today, haha, this will be funny in a ah, moment. What we're doing. <laughs> doing <laughs> today, right? Ah, anyway, I swear, it'll be funny in a second. Uh, <laughs> Michelle and I would just like to say that it's 1,764 degrees uh, in Western Washington today. And they don't like. give you <laughs> air conditioning in Western Washington either. Uh, so, <laughs> we both have fans on, is what we're saying. And I also have my window open, which I don't normally do. So, A, traffic noises on my end may be louder than normal, and B, if there's a slight susurration on either of our microphones, it's because we have fans on. We have them on low. We're doing our best. But we have to do this. But without it, we would be puddles. Actual puddles. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think my seat would squish when I stood up. It'd gross. Anyway, so, uh, fair warning. Now, what we're... I can't... Stop saying it. What we're doing? What we're talking about? Talking about. There we go. (laughs) What we're talking about today uh, actually harkens back to a topic we covered for the most part in the first three episodes. I think it was like our second episode we talked about Wise Mind. Yeah, Wise Mind. So we're talking about Wise Mind again, but from a different approach. Normally, DBT talks about Wise Mind as being the intersection of reasonable mind or rational mind? Reasonable mind. Reasonable (laughs) mind and emotion mind. This one, they're talking about it as being an intersection between doing mind and being mind. And that's why every time I said doing, it was making me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Supposed to be in this intersection of both, not not just doing, Michelle. (laughs) Yes, not just doing. Not just doing. So anyway, that's what we're going to be launching into today. And Michelle's going to start us off by telling us all about doing mind, which is more her setting. Yes, it is (laughs) the same way that when we talk about wise mind, we often say in the groups that we teach, and we probably said it way back when we recorded that episode, when it comes to that idea of like reasonable or emotion mind, most people hang out more in one or the other. Yep, It's probably one that rings a little more true to you. And when we're looking at this idea of doing mind and being mind, doing mind certainly rings more true for me. And this is a thing that for myself, I was really largely unaware of until, (laughs) uh, I don't know, up until probably about two years ago in therapy, because I've just, yeah, I've spent so much of my life just being busy and having a very full schedule and really only moving through the world in a doing sort of way and having parents who move through the world in a doing sort of way so this is just what I knew I didn't I didn't know any other way I was just very used to being busy very used to having a full schedule very type a my sister is the doingest person as well you and my sister both yeah we have that the doingest of people yes (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I didn't see this as a problem for most of my life. And I think a lot of people who live mostly in doing mine don't see it as a problem. And 
especially here in the United States where Kate and I reside, this is praised. This is reinforced. This is valued yes. that this is how we are supposed to be is in doing mind, essentially. This is how we do it. <laughs> She's going to be incorporating like <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> many times can we say doing this episode don't turn it into a drinking game don't do that um i just said do anyway right <laughs> all right i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm really trying okay. it's okay i i'm in i'm in a weird mood too um but basically okay so what what is doing mine i'm i'm talking about it a little bit personally but basically the way that dbt really describes doing mine they describe doing mind as being very ambitious and very goal oriented I would also say doing mind tends to be very focused on on the future, right? Goals are a future-oriented thing to have. If you have a goal, you're looking ahead to this end destination or this thing that you want to accomplish in the future. And you're focusing on that more than you're probably focused on the present. Um, I kind of think of it as like people say, what's that expression? Uh, it's about the journey, not the destination oh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But if you're in doing mind, what you're going to be caring about more is the destination. <laughs> and you're not going to be as focused on enjoying the journey because you just want to get there. You just want to get the thing done. That kind of a thing. Um, I don't know, Kate, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, actually, because DBT also describes doing mind as discriminating mind. And I, I was a, thinking about the same thing. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little confused about what exactly that means for them. Um, yes, that's like, another I know term the that means, they have on the handout. It, how does yeah. it represent here? I, I think that it's not... All right, bear with me. I could be abjectly wrong. Everybody listening to this that has another idea, please feel free to write us. I'm curious about yes. your thoughts, too. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, wise mind or mindful states, right? If you think about it, one of the things you're not supposed to do is, right, cling to some things and reject others, right? You're not mm. supposed to discriminate between the experiences that you're being aware of. And so I suspect that what they mean by discriminating mind for doing mind is you are <laughs> discriminating mm. about what part of your experience you're focused on, right? You're not, you're not present to everything. You're, you're, you're discriminating. You're sort of shoving a lot of it off to the side because it's not important, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, and you're, and you're focused on this one sort of direction. So that's, that's my guess. Mm. Um, yeah. I think but, that makes uh, sense. I don't know. It doesn't explain it. So it doesn't explain it any further. It just says discriminating mind. That's all it says. I almost wonder if kind of building off of what you just said, if it's almost like when you're in doing mind, you have a very perhaps like narrow focus. Yeah. I think we're um, both doing the same gesture. <laughs> yeah. Like blinders on kind of. Yeah. You're just focused on getting this project done or you're focused on like studying for this test or you're focused on this this one thing that's really important to whatever goal you're trying to accomplish to the exclusion of everything else yep and so i wonder if that's a little bit what it means but essentially they say that when you're doing mind you're focused on problem solving and achieving goals those those are the biggest things that you are concerned about and just to kind of further illustrate this, I mean, I was talking a little bit about what it looks like for me to be in my doing mind, but just to give some further personal examples that might also help people understand, 
and maybe hopefully get a few head nods out there of like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's what it looks like for me too. <laughs> I have really struggled to get through life in any way, shape or form without to-do lists. Um, I have to have them. <laughs> They're very important to me. And a lot of times I think of being in doing mind as prioritizing work over play. And that's something that I've really struggled with is that I'm like, I have to get these things done first and then I'll relax. Then I'll give myself a break. And people who tend to be more in doing mind often will struggle to give themselves breaks. I have struggles with that at past jobs. I'll just work through my 10 minute break because you don't say. I'd rather get the thing done. You wouldn't know anything about that, Kate, with working <laughs> with me in the past. So this can look a lot of different ways. And sometimes even for me, what this has looked like is that even when I am quote unquote relaxing, I'm not being truly present. I'm already focused on, okay, I have this hour of time before I'm on to the next thing. And I'm just trying to kind of squeeze in what might be a leisurely activity, like reading a book or like watching a TV show or something like that. But my mind is not really, I'm not really being mindful of it. I'm not really being present with it. I'm still focusing ahead on the next thing I have to do. And so if you're one of those people out there that's just like, yeah, I really struggle to actually feel like I'm fully relaxed or the people in my life tell me that, you know, I just never seem to slow down. You probably live in doing mind. And as I was saying earlier, but I think it's really important to go back to, this is very much reinforced and this is very much culturally acceptable and praised, at least again in the United States. So to cut yourself some slack, if you're, if you're in this state more often than not, there's a reason for it. And mm -hmm. I could get up on a whole soapbox here about <laughs> capitalism and how it's bullshit that we have to work at least 40 hours a week to survive and all of that. But, you know, we live in a culture that really prioritizes work over play. And we're taught that achievement is a positive thing and that if you don't have goals for what's coming next in your life, that something is wrong with you. And so I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if the vast majority of people listening to this spend more time in doing mind than in being mind to varying degrees, right? I mean, the same way that like emotion mind can look so different for so many different people. Doing mind is going to look different for different people as well. And I'm sharing a lot about what it looks like for me, hoping that maybe something in that will resonate with you listeners. But it can look a lot of different ways. And sometimes it might look more extreme and sometimes it might look more middle of the road. But chances are we hang out here a lot because this is the programming we get culturally is that this is how we're supposed to move through the world is in a doing mind kind of way. So that's what we're talking about with doing mind. And um, Kate, I don't know if you have anything else further to add on before we switch it over to you to talk about the being mind side of things. A, you said being and doing mind, and that made me laugh a lot, but I kept quiet until now. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Two, a uh, good word for the day, talking about social programming. You can also mm -hmm. say you are inculcated. Ooh, um, yes, inculcated which is, is to, yep, word. right? Yes, isn't it? Right? So anyway, 
I, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about social programming. Um, but no, I think you did a great job of defining it. I will actually kind of use a lot of what you said to segue into talking about being mind. Great. Because I think that I'm more inclined sort of by nature to be more in being mind. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in America just like you. And so you feel the pressure, I, right? I feel enormous guilt mm. when <laughs> like anytime I'm I like I mean, I can do moments, right? Moments are and this is one of the ways that I know that my my nature is very called to this is that and I mean this with total sincerity. I stop and smell the roses, literally actual literal things, roses, the real flowers when I'm out and about, right? Like these, and to me, that's one of those, I don't know, best examples, actually, of these sort of being mind moments, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever just leaned in and smelled a flower and it's like the entire world can just stop? I have. And for me, also, too, when I do that, like, I feel very proud of myself in those moments. I'm like, look, <laughs> I stopped. I noticed because... Because I've lived so much in a doing mind kind of way, mm-hmm. those moments have been few and far between for me. But Ugh. yes, I've also like intentionally sought them out. But I love how you're talking about it because for you, it sounds like it's just, I don't know. It's just what I do. Yeah, I, I yeah. spend a lot of time scurrying after people I'm walking with. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I stop and I get to get lost in these moments. Well, not lost. That's the wrong way of putting it. Just absorbed. I'm just mm-hmm. in it. Um. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, the rest of the world keeps moving, doesn't it? <laughs> and I have to keep going. But so, right, being mind is, as they define it, right, as, as, as DBT defines it, it's very similar to just a mindfulness state, right? It's, they define it as curious, which I think is interesting. I think a lot of people, I don't know, uh, experience curiosity as a very in-the-moment experience, which is, I think, I'm curious, your thoughts, similar to the discriminating mind, I'm not entirely positive what they mean by the curious mm-hmm. mind for mm-hmm. this side. So if you have thoughts in a second, I'll, I'll, I'd love to hear them. Um, okay. Right, but they say curious mind, nothing to do mind, and present-oriented. And I, I take that all to be, yeah, to be synthesized into this, this sort of mindfulness state, right? You're here, you're not looking to the future, you're not striving. Right. There's nothing. I love that word that you're using. Right. You're, you just you're yeah. there. Right. There's like, sure, the future exists. Shit's going to happen. <laughs> it's not like you're unaware of the you know totality of time. But yeah, you're not striving towards a thing. You're just in whatever is happening. Um, so before I go into more of what that looks like for me somewhat, did you have thoughts on the curious mind aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I think of that, I don't know if this is how DBT means it, but I think of it as when you're so in doing mind, mm-hmm. you're not going to veer from that path. Uh. So if you, if we think of it as a path, and if let's say off to the side of the path with what we were also just talking about, let's say there's a flower. <laughs> You're going to be so focused on just getting to the end of that path that you're not going to pause to go be curious about like, ah, oh, let me go look at that flower. What does it smell like? What kind of flower is it? Basically, I view it as like, if you're in curious mind, you're open and willing to go down potentially mm-hmm. different like rabbit holes or to veer from 
the thing at hand because you're curious about something else within the experience. Mm -hmm. But if you're in doing mind, you're not also kind of with the discriminating mind, how you were talking about it. You're just going to be maybe like solely focused on the thing that's right in front of you and disregarding everything else. And if you're in curious mind, I think it just means you're really open-minded. That's how I, I like would that. think about it, with being curious. <clears throat> I also, I love that you bring the path thing up because, I don't know, there's so many other places that this can and does show up. But oddly enough, my walks around the neighborhood, to me, embody a whole lot of what how we're both describing the, the mm. being mind. Because <laughs> I, I am that person. Not only do I stop and smell flowers constantly... Uh, not just roses, anything I think might have a smell. <laughs> but I'm also, what is this tree? And oh, look, and there's a bird there. What kind is it? And oh, there's no, there's more bugs here than last time. There's no bugs here. What are these berries? <laughs> I, I, I'm constantly stopping and constantly getting lost in these tiny, tiny moments or absorbed again. I don't want to, because I don't think I'm lost. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm very there, yeah. right? And rather... Uh, than being not anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like so I would Austin say you're being flies. curious then. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I'm very curious about my environment a lot of the time, mm -hmm. especially when it's the out of doors. Um, and again, you know, because we're both American, I, I struggle with this in most other places. My walks, I think, are one of the few places that I don't rein it in at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have to try to allow myself to be be there other times right so yeah. i'll have these moments where i am i am just there right i've i don't know i've i've flopped onto the bed after you know doing something and i just want to i just want to be there right i want to be with my thoughts i want to you know relax my body i want to you know do all these other things and there's often a, a an internal tussle <laughs> Because there's this desire, right, to to just be. But there's that little voice in the back of my head like, oh, but the to-do list isn't done. Which I don't know about you, Michelle. Maybe you're better at organizing them. I have yet to not have a... To like, the to-do list is never done. There's always a thing. There's never mm -hmm. not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> at any yeah. moment when I'm relaxing, I could be doing something productive. Always. Forever. Without yes. exception. Fuck adulting. God damn it. But the <laughs> right? it takes an intentional choice to get yes. into being mind is I think what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, in most in most circumstances I do think. And and so right, this is where um a lot of the traditional mindfulness activities can be really helpful. We'll talk about that a little bit more um in the second half of the episode. But right, uh meditation, uh, mindfulness of fill in the blank here, right? Uh, physical objects, activities, things like that, right? There's, these are ways to enter more of a, a being mind space. Um, but I think the, the cool thing that ends up being offered by this is showing how you can synthesize the two, right? Mm -hmm. I, I do think there's a, <laughs> there you go. There's a cultural prejudice towards doing mind. And there's maybe a mm, psych, psychology community bias towards being mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think the lovely thing is to remember and, I mean, you're going to fuck it up a lot. Like, Jesus, mother of goodness. Like, you're going to fuck it up a lot. But lean towards the idea that you can synthesize the two. Right? You don't actually have to choose 
oh, you don't have to toggle. <laughs> Bounce back and forth, only doing one at a time. <laughs> Though, if you do that, if you're making some space for being mind, thumbs up to you. Awesome. Right? Uh, toggling is better than only being in one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forever. Um, and I will say that being mind, if you were there forever, somehow, if, ugh, I don't know how you do that, but that would get problematic. Uh, especially as an adult, because, you know, there are, there are things that, that need to be done. There mm-hmm. are goals you kind of have to have. There are achievements you kind of need to reach for, right? Like, you, you have to strive sometimes, right? You have to do sometimes. You can't, you can't, right, be, I think a word that Michelle and I were using beforehand was inert, right? Like, yeah. it's, there's not, it's not inherent, right? I guess, you know, my being mind shows up the most on my walks. I'm, I'm not being literally inert, but I'm not, I'm not sort of intentionally moving forward in time. Right. So I, it's not that I am maybe like still, I may not be physically, you know, inert. I may even not be doing nothing, but I'm not really progressing forward mm-hmm. um, through time in a intentional fashion. You know, time is still passing because it does that, but <laughs> I'm not moving myself forward. Um, and so I think that's, that's the downside, the potential downside or, or um, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Nope, not going to come to me. Downside is it. We'll stick in it with works. it. Uh, of being mind, right? If you if you overindulge in your being mind, you might find that there's a backup. Things, <laughs> things get what need Things that you miss, right? Deadlines that don't get met, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think Michelle did a great job of talking about how doing mind, you know, is really, yeah, beaten into our brains uh culturally and also can leave you kind of exhausted and non not present to yourself right you're gonna miss a lot of the details of your internal experience the details of your external world right if you're not embodying some of that openness um that comes with being mind but also if you hang out in being mind indefinitely you ain't gonna get shit done (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh yeah i don't know that's what i would say do you have anything to add about uh being mind well, something, I don't know if it's specifically about being mind. I think you spoke about like what, what it is really, really well. Um, but something that came up for me, what did you say that triggered me to think of this? Um, it was, I think kind of this idea, again, just going back to how culturally doing mind is very much praised and that it takes active effort to be in our being mind. And I, you, oh, yeah. you were talking about meditation yeah, yeah. And just the past couple of weeks, it's taken me a long time to find a consistent type of mindfulness practice that oh, I'm doing yeah, yeah. on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And I can't remember if I shared this with you, Kate. Maybe I did. But the past couple of weeks, I've been doing really, I mean, a pretty formal meditation practice. Yes, in I'm the mornings, right? With my eyes yep. closed. Yep, in the morning. And I'm doing it before I look at my phone which is a big deal because like many of us, I typically look at my phone and social media before I get out of bed. Nope. I've just been getting out of bed, getting set up to do my practice and it takes about 30 minutes. And especially this morning when I was doing it, my mind was just all over the place. My mind was Mm -hmm. thinking ahead to plans I have this weekend and when am I going to pack because I'm going on a little like overnight trip. (laughs) Um, how's this going to, 
my mind was very much in a doing mode. And so I, I say this to illustrate, you know, which we preach a lot about is have compassion for yourself. And some of it with being mind may be faking it till you make it. Honestly, yeah. there may be times where you're like, <laughs> you know, like, let's say you are going for a walk around the neighborhood and normally you're like a power walker, right? Like this is my 30 <laughs> minutes of exercise a day kind of a thing. And if you're like, you know what? I'm going to change up my walk. I'm going to try to channel like my inner Kate and I'm going to walk and just be observant and just notice and take my time and whatever it is. And when you do that, you may be like, yeah, this is not like this is almost stressful for me or this yep. just feels so different or unusual for me. I'm not actually being in being mind like I'm trying to be. Yes, you are. Like you are getting closer. You're trying. Was it progress, not perfection? Is progress, not perfection. Say? Yes, yep. exactly. So really, I think trying to create <laughs> opportunities where you are making an intentional effort to slow down and get out of your doing mind is amazing. And don't be too hard on yourself. Like I just tried for myself to notice uh, or to tell myself this morning when I was noticing that how much my mind was really going all over the place. Because some mornings I do. I feel very centered, very present. And some mornings I don't. I'm doing the same thing, but my mind can be all (laughs) over the place. And I just tried to tell myself, you know, okay, I'm just feeling like a little more restless this morning. My mind is just wandering more this morning. And guess what? I still did my meditation. Nice. I still did it. Like, I still tried. (laughs) Even if I was not as centered. And guess what? I get to try again tomorrow. And the day after that. Like, it really does take practice to get comfortable with being in our being mind. (laughs) Especially if you're like me and doing mind is where you hang out the vast majority of the time. I got it. Oh, Michelle, it's so fun. Remember how we're yeah. always like, don't judge your judging? I think yes. it's a similar thing, right? Being present to how hard it is to be in your being mind <laughs> is being in your being mind. Just notice it. It's okay. You don't yeah. have to be so goal-oriented about getting into your being mind. Because then yeah, you're just don't doing your doing mind it. to get mm-hmm. into being mind. Yep. Right? Open yourself to it. Make some progress towards it. Notice how fucking hard it is. You're fine. Yeah. Um, And I guess uh, you you did their little quote, so I will try and get the other thing that they sort of summarize as being mind on the actual handout that we're referencing uh, today for this part of it um, is that you're you're viewing your thoughts as sensations in the mind. You're focused on the uniqueness of each moment and you are letting go of focusing on goals. So that's sort of their their summary Mm -hmm. um, um, of it. So, yeah. yeah. Are we on to wise mind? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are on to wise mind. So the exact same way, right? If you guys think back to wise mind and the Venn diagram with the intersecting circles and how one is reasonable mind and one is emotion mind and then in the middle is wise mind. It's the same thing here with doing and being mind. One circle is doing mind, one circle is being mind, and then where they overlap is also still called wise mind. So your wise mind, I don't know. I view it as the way that you feel in your wise mind when your reasonable and your emotion mind synthesize and come together is, you know, wise mind's probably going to feel about the same for you here. (laughs) Whatever your (laughs) wise mind uniquely feels like to you 
you're still going to be finding a wise mind state. This is just essentially a different path to get here. And Kate and I were talking about this when we were looking at the handout because why we wanted to do this as a monthly episode is because like when when the two of us teach wise mind in group, we're trying to get through so much material that night. We really only talk about it through the lens of reasonable mind and emotion mind coming together. And we'll tell people in our group, we're like, oh, yeah. And then there's these other handouts that you can look at <laughs> about the doing <laughs> and the being mind. Um, but we don't normally talk about it in this way. And in really looking at the handouts today and trying to really examine further, okay, what is DBT really talking about here? The way that we kind of, the decision we came to about like, okay, this is what we think DBT is really getting at, is this idea as we've already touched on a few times that most of us live in doing mind doing mind is very left brain and boy do we all just as human beings who are adulting in the world we rely on our left brain even if you are naturally a pretty creative intuitive person which all of that stuff lives in the right brain most of the time you're probably depending more on your left um, again, when you're at a job, you're probably depending more on your left to help you organize and figure things out as you're going through your day. We really rely on our left brains a lot. And doing mind is all left brain. So even if you don't live there to an extreme degree, this is probably where you're hanging out most of the time is in your doing mind. And that what DBT is really wanting is for us to bring in the mindfulness stuff and bring in this being mind perspective. And that when we bring in the being mind a little bit, that's where we find the crossover. And that's where we find our wise mind. Because Kate and I, when we were looking at the handout and all the stuff it said about being mind, we're like, being mind sounds great. What what <laughs> makes being mind different really from wise mind? <laughs> and as Kate said, if you do take being mind to the extreme, it can look like being rather stagnant or again, not accomplishing things that you actually do really need to get done. <laughs> it can look like procrastination. You know, it can look like all those things, but that's not really how DBT talks about it. Um, DBT talks about being mind essentially, essentially as being the equivalent of practicing mindfulness and being in a mindful state. Yep. So we have to bring in the being mind and cross that over with the doing mind in order to reach the wise mind state where you're able to essentially balance both. And what that balance could look like, I mean, again, it's, it's going to look different for everybody, but I think we're going to talk about actually this. We're about to segue into this. <laughs> Some different <laughs> ways that you can find a wise mind state. Um, DBT has some ideas for this that we're each going to talk about. But I really think it does look like this idea of, um, of effectiveness. That, mm. that principle of mindfulness is of acting effectively which is like, I think DBT, I don't have that handout in front of me to say it verbatim, but really what DBT means when we're talking about doing things in an effective way, it's one of the house goes of mindfulness, is that you are doing just what is needed. Not more, not less, 
just the right amount for what's needed in that present moment. And that means sometimes I think about people like, especially if you're a college student, Mm. oh my God, like you have to use your doing mind. You have to, if you're going to be successful in school, there's a lot to organize. There's a lot to keep track of. There's a lot of tasks to do in order to be successful in your classes. And that really it's like you can overwhelm yourself with all of that or just like work yourself into the ground with all with all the things you have on your plate or you can do your homework in a more effective manner and bring in some of the being mind so i think that's really what they're talking about is it's not about and we we said this a little bit already but it's worth repeating of like this isn't about not having goals or losing all of your ambition or not ever thinking ahead to the future because that is not a realistic bar to set. Our minds go there pretty naturally. But it it really is about changing your mindset and how you're getting things done and really being able to also recognize the importance of just being from time to time. <laughs> We all need to just be from time to time. And if we're just doing constantly, it doesn't serve us in the long run. And again, if we're if we're just being, we we might be having some things not get done that are really important. So it's about getting the things done that need to be done. But I think it's it's about doing them in that just what is needed kind of way. Just what's needed for now. What are your thoughts, uh, Kate? Yeah, I think the the little bit, I like everything you said. I would add in a little bit of taking the blinders off, right? You can still be walking the path. You can still be, yeah. in fact, mostly, like, aware that your task is to get to the end of the path. <laughs> but you don't miss the flowers. Maybe you I don't. Yeah. Maybe you don't stop entirely or maybe you stop for half a second, right? <laughs> as long as you might like. But you're aware of them, right? So... Mm. Maybe, maybe the journey isn't the point, but you're not unaware of the fact that you're taking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that that's part of, of what I see as um, the wise mind for this synthesis, right? Is, yeah, you still got to do things. You still got to achieve stuff, right? But maybe you notice your own internal experience of it more fully. Maybe you notice the environment in which you're undertaking your tasks more fully, right? You, you sort of take the blinders off. And I think that's a lot of what adding some being mind into the mix can do for you. Yeah. So. Yep. <clears throat> I think also just kind of showing personally for me, what it looks like when I'm able to find my wise mind with the doing and being intersection is I am often the kind of person who I want to get things done as soon as possible. So even if I have a week or two weeks to get something done, I'm still (laughs) wanting to do it on like day one or two and just get it done, right? Get that off the to-do list and then I tell myself I'm going to feel better. Um, But for me, what it looks like when I'm actually able to find my wise mind with this is that I can tell myself, Michelle, you don't have to get it all done today. Do a little bit. The rest can wait till tomorrow. Or the rest can wait for a week from now, right? And I've, this takes active effort to to catch myself or to tell myself that, like, I don't have to reply to this email right now. I can reply to this email in a couple hours. 
Like that is one way that it looks like for me is being able to be more patient. And sometimes I'll be honest, it is more stressful because the things aren't getting checked off the to-do list as quickly. They're hanging out there because I'm not getting to them (laughs) immediately. But in, I guess you could say like postponing things a little bit more I, I do overall feel less stressed or I am creating more time to take care of myself. It's a whole lot less pressured. And I just mm-hmm. kind of come to accept for me that that's the trade-off is like, yes, things stay on the to-do list longer. And I'm also not rushing at 60 miles per hour all day long trying to race through things. And that feels a hell of a lot better to me. <laughs> so that's what it looks like for me. That's one way it looks like. I like yeah. it. Yeah, no, I'm such a procrastinator. Dear goodness. I yeah. Nope. That's why I was chuckling so hard when you were talking about get stuff done as soon as possible. I was mm-hmm. like, ha, 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 ha. I have a magnet on my fridge that says procrastinate like there is a tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just love this is how we balance each other out, right? This mm-hmm. is why Michelle and I make a good team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there to say, slow down. Let's go for a walk. Fuck the to-do list. <laughs> yeah. There's more at work when we worked together. I think yes. I was a lot of like telling Michelle to stop. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle occasionally me, saying, really hey, well. don't you have notes to write? Like, well, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yep. So this is why we go. need both sides of this. Exactly. Exactly. Somewhere between the two of us is why it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Oh, man. That cracks me up. Uh, all right. So let's see. Now let's talk about some ways to, I don't know. Ways to get there. Ways to get there. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Like, it's funny. Now that we've talked it through, often just our own discussions and recordings help me shift how I'm thinking about things. Looking at this um, handout where the sort of list of different ideas comes from, I see even more of the doing time as the doing time? Haha. <laughs> doing mind as the default. Yes. Because mm-hmm. all of these are like, all right, cool. We're just going to assume that's where you are. Let's find a way to help you. Yeah, there's really only, <laughs> I think, one that stands out to me as being directed more towards somebody who probably hangs out more in being mind. The rest really are yep. directed more to doing mind. Uh, so anyway, that just to put that context out there, we're each going to share some of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one that I want to share about is they call it wise mind reading, which seems like a weird way to label this. But the idea is to help basically increase your desire for mindfulness slash remind yourself to you know that it exists and that you want to do it is to find readings or quotes that have an effect on you of making you want to include mindfulness more in your day to day or make you, I don't know, put you kind of into a mindful state by reading it and to put those in, you know, strategic places in your life. Um, I like this. They say near the coffee maker, uh, <laughs> but just somewhere where you're going to see it and you can go, oh, yeah, that uh- <laughs> bathroom mirrors are a great place. Oh, yes. Because we got to like brush our teeth or like put makeup on if you wear makeup or comb our hair or whatever it is. We all look in the bathroom mirror at some point during the day for a couple minutes. So, yeah, I spot. like that. 
Um, you can put it somewhere like where you grab your keys if you have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, things like that. I, I would also like to add that I think another way this can look, and this is something I have been doing the last week or two, actually. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the poet Rumi, um, but I love him. And so I have a whole book of his his poetry, and I've just been opening to a random page each day, like reading whatever the poem is and using that as kind of food for thought. Like, what does this make me think of? What? How could I apply these ideas to my life? What does this bring up for me emotionally? Right? Like, it's sort of a wise mind seed or a mindfulness seed um, that I can use to chew on through the day. Like, oh, right. And so, I don't know, I think that's another way that that can look is to is to choose a thing to focus on for that day, a reading or a quotation. Um, and that can help you kind of keep mindfulness or wise mind in your brain through the day. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, the next one is they talk about as wise mind in the routine of daily life. This is actually probably the thing that I, uh, push the hardest both in DBT groups and yes. to my own clients. You say exactly <laughs> this when it comes to mindfulness. I, I really do. Um, right? Which is just to pick something. Something in your daily routine. Right? They say brushing teeth, getting dressed, making coffee or tea, working on a task. Just something. Something that you do that you're like, this thing, this thing I'm going to do mindfully. Right? I'm going to try and bring more, as they put it, moment to moment awareness to this activity. I love this because you're doing the thing anyway, right? This isn't adding any time whatsoever. It's not adding an additional task even to your day in any way, shape, or form. It's just a thing you're doing anyway. You're just doing it a little different (laughs) than how you might uh, on another day. I think, I mean, I don't know about smaller tasks like brushing your teeth, but I do know that quite to some people's surprises, doing a task mindfully actually makes it go quicker. So sometimes this can actually save you time because you're not getting so, you know, boingity, 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 distracted, brain bouncing everywhere. (laughs) Um, So you're actually more focused on the task at hand, literally. Um, Not focused on it as a goal, but just literally focused on the task, focusing on what you are doing. Um, And that can help uh, sort of like I was talking about what wise mind can look like from this synthesis of doing and being. It's just increasing your awareness, right? You're not wearing blinders during that activity. You're open to the more of the totality of the experience. Um, and I think that's a, I don't know, a really easy, accessible, <laughs> yeah. can't even be fun way to add, um, yeah, add mindfulness, add more being mind. Uh, into your day-to-day existence. Uh, And then the last one that I'm going to share is they talk about it as wise mind awareness of events. This is to me, not to me. uh, How do I want to put that? I think I do this one the most um, of all of these different ideas. This is the way mindfulness or wise mind shows up the most consistently for me in life. Um, how they put it is to notice events in your everyday life, both pleasant and unpleasant, even if they're very small things, right? So this can be the temperature of water when you're washing your hands or the taste of something you eat, the 
feeling of wind on your face. I like this. And then they add some bad things. The fact that your car is running out of gas or that you're tired. Bad, uh, yeah. I know. That cracks me up. Uh, so, <laughs> I hope you're aware that your car is running out of gas. No. <laughs> right. But this, yeah, these moments of, it, it can be like moments. It can be, I don't know, just a tap into your ex- experience in a moment. Right? Like, oh, this feels nice. Or, I don't know, um, I have uh, not, I don't know, I have medical stuff sometimes that makes things hard, um, both energetically or pain-wise or things like that. And so it helps me sometimes just have a moment and be like, yep, I am so fucking tired. Okay, now on to the thing that actually needs to get done. Right? Because it needs to get done whether I'm fucking tired or not. <laughs> right? So, just being being aware, having these sort of mm, touchstone moments. Right? Maybe, maybe you get overwhelmed if too much of the stuff is unpleasant and you don't want to live in that space the whole time for your day. Or maybe it's just difficult for you to be really present to your experience, pleasant or unpleasant. But similar to the you know, adding mindfulness or wise mind to the daily activities. I think of these as just, I don't know, uh, just moments, right? A thing you can, you can touch down on, right? You can, you can land for a moment (laughs) in wise mind, in mindfulness before, you know, continuing on in more of a doing space, right? If you're, again, if you're focused on, on being in a, focused on being in a doing mind, God damn it. Uh, If you are habitually (laughs) in, (laughs) if you are habitually in the doing mind, um, this can, this can be a nice way to have moments of that broader awareness, because if you're really focused on achieving a task, you're probably not going to notice that it sucks (laughs) in some way. Or, you know, if you're eating just because you need to get onto the next thing on your to-do list, you might not take a moment to savor, you know, Mm -hmm. the flavor of that thing. Um, and so I know that this this is very similar to the previous one, right? That one is more like I am picking a task to do in this way. And this can just, the, the, the awareness of events can happen anytime, anyplace, just, it doesn't have to be very long. Again, it's just this, this moment, this experience, um, and tuning in <laughs> before leaping back out into doing. So that's kind of how I think of all of those. And that's the one that I think, yeah, I practice the most consistently. It's yeah. Just, sinking down into my full experience for a moment nice i like that it. that makes sense yeah it's great uh so a couple of the ones that really stood out to me on the list that dbt has there were there were two that i really liked and that i find helpful for myself when i practice them so one they they call it um just this one moment why <laughs> Uh, so what they say on the handout is when you begin to feel overwhelmed or frazzled, say just this one moment, just this one task to remind yourself that your only requirement at the moment is to do one thing in the moment. Wash one dish, take one step, move one set of muscles. In this moment, let the next moment go until you get there. So I, for myself, what I do catch myself practicing this, I'm not always necessarily saying like, that exact phrase that dbt is recommending of just this one moment just this one task but you can either say that to yourself or you can pick another phrase that really just captures that 
idea, you know, one thing at a time um, is a good one. Um, I think this is actually a concept in AA, but there's this idea of the next indicated step. So just really looking at, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. And then when that's done, I just go to the next thing. Okay. And it is really that idea, kind of like what you were talking about, Kate, of picking an activity where you're just focused on that activity, whatever it is. It's really kind of that idea to just a different spin yeah. on it of like, I am now getting dressed. You can even break that down further. I'm putting on my shirt. I'm pulling up my pants. Like you can just really make the moments as small as you need to, to just really be focused on whatever is going on right then and there. And the reason why I like this one and why I find it helpful is because often what I will do <laughs> is I will like take this zoomed out approach where like I'm zooming out and seeing my entire day or my entire week oh. and thinking of all that I need to get done and all that I need to check off the to-do list. And it gets overwhelming and it creates anxiety. <laughs> it just does. When I look at everything, I'm like, oh God, there's a lot going on this week. Well, yeah. forget looking at that like zoomed out approach. This is really kind of zooming in to practice doing whatever it is you're doing right then mindfully and trusting that those other things are going to come, right? Like today after Kate and I are done podcasting, I have two other things scheduled today, but it doesn't really serve me right now to be thinking ahead to those other things. They're going to happen. They're going to get here, but they're all coming in a few hours. <laughs> so <laughs> right now I can come back to, you know, right now I'm just podcasting. And that is all I need to focus on. And so this can be, I found, a very helpful way to manage anxiety. If you start getting overwhelmed by all of the things you need to do, that it can be helpful to just focus on the thing that you are currently doing. And when that thing is done, which it inevitably will be, right? Kate and I will end podcasting. <laughs> then I get to pause and be like, okay, and now what's next, right? So that's, that's why I like that idea. It's a, it's a good anxiety management strategy, I've found. Um, the other one that I really like, they call wise mind willingness. And if you guys will think back to our willingness versus willfulness episode, which was quite a while ago now, so I'll refresh people's <laughs> memories because I honestly don't expect you guys to remember. But for me, a big part of what it looks like for me to be in a willing state is when I'm not concerned about the end results of something. I'm not concerned when I go to a social event about how long it's going to last. I'm just fully present in it. I'm less concerned about like my schedule and when things are getting done. And I'm just more focused on the experience of being in whatever activity that I'm doing right then and there. That's how I know I'm practicing willingness especially if something random comes up in my day. If, I don't know, let's say I was really wanting to, I can't even think of a good idea. I don't know. I have some emails to send for work or something. And let's say my husband were to come in the room and be like, hey, you want to go take a walk? Now my willfulness would be like, no, I have emails to get to. <laughs> but if I'm practicing willingness and if I'm practicing being in my wise mind, like we're talking about it here, I would probably say, yeah, 
let's go for a walk and then let's come back and do the emails. And again, am I necessarily going to go for like an hour long walk? Maybe not, <laughs> but I might say something I'm like, oh yeah, we can go for like a 15 minute walk. That's fine. You know, and again, that would be the balance of the doing and the being in that example. Like, yes, I still have the emails to get to, but how can I be more spontaneous and in the moment? So spontaneity and willingness for me are really equivalent. It's not going to look that way for everybody, but for me, that's how it looks. So with what they're talking about on the handout, they say, practice willingness to do what is needed when you are asked or when you see that something needs to be done. Do what is needed with a balance of being and doing, focusing the mind, immersing yourself in the task. I love that idea of immersion. Yeah. Um, because when our brain is split or divided, which I, again, if you're in doing mind, your mind probably is a lot because you're thinking of all the things you need to do. <laughs> you're thinking about like, I need to do the dishes. I need to go do the grocery shopping. I need to, you know, I don't know, all kinds of things, right? And when we're practicing willingness, we are going to be more immersed in whatever it is that we're doing. So that one stood out to me as that if you are finding yourself having a more willing attitude, chances are you're finding your wise mind with the doing and the being. Because the other way that I feel like this could look is for people who might hang out more in the being mind, perhaps, is that willfulness might look like if somebody's like, hey, can you do the dishes later? They're going to be like, no. I don't want to, <laughs> right? Um, that's what willfulness might look like there. Willfulness for the doing mind person might look like I'm not going to tear myself away from this work task. I'm going to keep working no matter what. And the for someone in being mind, it might be like, I'm if I'm going to be willful, I'm going to refuse to do the work task. But <laughs> I think willingness is about recognizing just what really serves my highest good in this moment. Um, and being willing to then do the thing <laughs> and be fully with it whatever that's gonna look like so um excuse like me. yeah the other thing that like i mean we dbt has a lot of different ideas on this handout we're not talking about all of them today we just picked each of our favorites <laughs> to really hone in on i mean this is gonna be this might already be in the facebook group under the wise mind guides um i believe it is there to go look at um, but I will also name kind of the one that really seemed to stand out being directed towards the being mind folks out there, um, which I think is this one that says having wise mind awareness of what needs to be done. Ah. And it says when relaxing after a hard day's work or at a break during the day, stay aware of what needs to be done and focus on doing what is needed. Yeah. So. If you happen to hang out more in your being mind, basically what they're encouraging you to do with that one is to be able to try to stay aware um, of the things that are on your to-do list, the <laughs> things that do need to get accomplished, um, rather than to like, you know, have a 10-minute break turn into like a two-hour break kind of an idea. So. That felt what? important to name, too, because <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be you, would it, Kate? <laughs> no. Because, um, yeah, most of these really are directed towards doing mind, like you said at the beginning when talking about this. So Yeah. True yeah. story. Okay. Cool. Okay. 
Awkward self-promotion time? Yeah, let's do it. You got it's a lot. It's an exciting awkward self-promotion time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to start with that. So first off, a big shout out. We have one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> we have five new patrons from our Patreon Woo! to shout out. So quite hilariously, we have two Isabellas. So Isabella with one L and Isabella with two L's. <laughs> Thank you to both of you. <laughs> Thank you, Isabella. So separately. Uh, and then Melissa, Sandy, and Abby, thank you to all of you as well. We thank appreciate it immensely. Uh, and if you would like to join the Isabellas, Melissa, Sandy, <laughs> and Abby in being patrons, you can check us out at patreon.com slash dbtandme, if I recall correctly. Um, and then, let's see, what else? Email us. We love to hear from you both, you know, questions, uh, comments, critiques. Uh, stories about how shit is awesome or terrible, right? We're open to it all. Uh, so email us at dbtandme at gmail.com. No. Gosh, I hate when I, no. Dbtandme yeah, podcast. Yeah, dbtandme podcast. What? I scroll up in the up. notes, Kate. It's all there. I know, but it's not there in the notes. Anyway, no, yes, I is. just forget. Scroll up. Scroll up. Oh, I know it's up. It's just not in the awkward self-promotion right there. It's not yeah, right there. I know. No, it's really, I had to scroll up about true. half an inch just to put some context in there. Anyway, dbtandmepodcast at gmail.com. I know our email account. I swear. Uh, you can get our merch at our Etsy shop if you want to check that out. Etsy.com and just search for DBT and me. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to us. And... If you just can't get enough of Michelle and I and once a month is not enough, check out The Couch and the Chair. That's our other podcast, and we're releasing that twice a month. So um, check us out over yonder as well. Yeah. I, I got all I got it all that time. Lots of options to pick from. Lots of ways <laughs> to support. Whatever sounds good to you all. <laughs> um, oh, did I say the Facebook group? Join the Facebook group. Facebook group is also awesome. Yes, Facebook group is awesome. Very active. We we love our community there. They're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so closing moment. A little bit different this time. I'm actually going to be uh, paraphrasing. That's a good way of putting it. I'm going to be paraphrasing a suggested activity uh, at the end of one of our handouts from today, um, which they talk about it as slowing down your doing mind in everyday life. So we're just going to have, yeah, a short little practice of this. So. As per usual, get into some sort of comfortable position. Uh, this particular exercise does suggest a, they call it a wide awake posture, which is going to be sitting, you know, back straight, um, relatively, yeah, upright and, and awake, but do what feels good to your body. That's the more important thing. And if you feel safe and comfortable doing so, go ahead and close your eyes. So as per usual, we're going to start by focusing our whole attention onto our breath. Noticing our breath as it goes in and out. One breath after another. Trying to gather your whole self together. Focusing on the movements of your chest, your abdomen, your shoulders. Noticing the rise and fall of your breath. Moment by moment, breath by breath, just as best as you can. Trying to let your breath become an anchor, helping to bring you into your body, 
and into the present moment. Now, tune in, turn towards your sense of your own wise mind and ask yourself, what is my experience right now? What thoughts or images are going through my mind? Try to notice them. Notice them as events in your mind. Be aware of them as neural firing in your brain. Just paying attention, being curious. Next, ask yourself, what are my feelings? What are the sensations in my body right now? Try to notice these as they come into your awareness without judgment, without clinging or rejecting, just being open. When you feel you've noticed your internal world, both mentally and in your body, and say to yourself, okay, this is how it is right now. Now that you've focused your being on your breath and you've noticed your internal world, see if you can't allow your awareness to expand some, right? Not just aware of your breath, but aware of your body as a whole aware of your posture, aware of your facial expression, aware of your hands, just noticing, maybe following the breath as if your whole body were breathing. And just spend a moment here fully occupying yourself in your mind, in your body, aware of your body, aware of your being. When you've spent a couple moments here, whenever you feel ready, you can start to let go of that awareness some also see how much you can hold on to as you open your eyes, as you maybe stretch your body, and as you prepare to step back into whatever your activities are for today. So, whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, everybody. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.